Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
Good morning. And I hope you enjoyed this one hour special of Morning Spiritual's here on Talkstream Jam Radio. Our morning prayer is coming up. Stay tuned.
This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. Now time for our morning prayer. Holy Father, we thank you. One more day. As we come to you as humble as we can, to say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for keeping us. We thank you, Lord, for raising from the dead showing the world that death has death can't keep you down and we thank you Lord and we pray for peace throughout the earth Lord We pray for love throughout the the earth. We pray for eternal. We pray that those who don't know you, that they'll get to know you. Even during this special time 
get to know you personally. And you did with those disciples and other followers. We thank you, Lord. Bless us. Bless Every church, every ministry is celebrating your resurrection. It's not about the Easter eggs or the, or the rabbit. It's about you, Lord. Raising the, the, the Sunday morning when you got up, of all power in your hand. We thank you, Lord. As we rise, we pray that we rise from that from that economic situation. We rise from from trouble. We rise, Lord, from misunderstandings. We, we rise, Lord. Because you risen. Assuring us that there is eternal life. We thank you. We thank you for life. Bless our family, our friends, our church family, our neighbors. of every pastor, every minister, from the gospel this morning. We even bless, uh, we ask you to bless every child who's going to say that Easter speech, Lord. And we know it's going to be a good one. We know it's going to be wonderful to hear them proclaim your resurrection. Radio family, Lord, in the sound of my voice, Lord, we, we thank you for, for being our Lord and our Savior.
Ten Commandments. And I saw and heard and witnessed that these were a gift from God to me as a teenager. And I thought, you know what? Maybe if I follow these Ten Commandments, maybe I will have the best life possible. Maybe God gave them to me not to take away all my fun as a teenager, but to spare me from heartache, to spare me from pain, from hurting myself and hurting others, and to propel me to do more for God, propel me to live my life to its fullest. And that's how I heard the Ten Commandments as a teenager. Can you even imagine what a gift that was? And so I want all of you to be able to learn them too. And today's message and next uh, week's message that I will be delivering are as close as what I remember as a teenager being taught by my father. Well, first of all, let's just get a little overview of the Ten Commandments. And the first, there are ten of them. And the first four are about developing a positive relationship with God, my Father. A, way, a vertical relationship. That's what we focus on in the first four commandments. My relationship with God, my Father. That is the foundation for all of my life. That is the foundation for the other six commandments, which are my relationship with others, my family members, my colleagues, my neighbors. Do you see what the Ten Commandments makes? This is, again, I learned from my father. A cross. It's a cross. As we develop our relationship with our God the Father, we have a wonderful foundation for positive relationships with, uh, with others. And those are the secrets to living the best life possible right here in God's holy word. Commandment number one. Foundational. I think, you know, all the rest of them are built on this one commandment. And is, I think, the most important message you can hear ever from any pulpit. It's God's message, not mine. But it's this, have no other gods before me. That's what God said. First one, have no other gods before me. That means that before me means God says, don't compete. I don't want to compete with any other God. It's me and me alone. I want to be number one, numero uno in your life. I want you to worship me and me alone. No other gods. And if you do that, you, no matter what happens to you, you can live the best life possible. God wants to be number one in your life. And he doesn't even want there to be a number two, number three, number four. Just one. Just him. God, your God, the God, Yahweh. So who is this God? There's so many books, theological tomes written on God. Who is God? Because it's a very, very important question. And how we answer it, people disagree. But let's look at God's word and see what God's word has to say about who God is. Because God really, truly does not want to be a mystery to you and I. God wants to reveal himself to you and me. He wants to be in a loving, intimate relationship with you. He loves you. And so God revealed himself to Moses. Moses was out there in the wilderness minding his own business, and all of a sudden he walked past a bush that was burning but not burning. A bush that was burning, but not burning. That's what I just said, and that's exactly what it says in the Bible. That got Moses' attention. Wouldn't it get yours? God wanted to reveal himself to Moses to the point he got his attention, his undivided attention. And there are things that God will do in your life that will get your attention. Sometimes it's good, and sometimes it's not so good, but, sometimes, but God will do whatever it takes to say, hey, I'm here, stop, turn around, look at me, whoa. God wants to need sometimes, first of all, to get your attention. He got Moses' attention. And it was obvious it was God. Who else could have burn inside a bush without consuming it? Only God. Moses knew that this was God. And, and then the bush spoke. Well, it wasn't the bush, it was God. God spoke. He spoke to Moses. God wants to reveal himself to you. 
and he wanted to reveal himself to Moses. And this is what he said. You want to know what he said? I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, your father. I have heard the cry of my people. So he identifies himself, and then he says, he acknowledges, God acknowledges the pain of his people. Some of you have cried out to God in the middle of the night, your heart broken, in pain you've cried out to him. You've cried out to God. God says to you right here, I have heard the cries of my people. I've heard your cry. I've heard it. I am here. I do care. And then God said to Moses, Moses, go and lead my people out of bondage and into the promised land. God wants to lead you out of bondage, whatever bondage that you are in today. God wants to lead you out of that and into the promised land. Moses, you know, he's having this conversation with God, a bush, a burning bush. And he says, who, me? You want me, God, to go and do this? I stutter. I have a hard time finding all the right words. I am not qualified. You have got the wrong guy, God, in me. And most of us have felt that way from time to time. Inadequate, unworthy, undeserving to be called by God to do something wonderful and magnificent. But God believed in Moses. He had created Moses for this purpose. God has created you for a divine purpose as well. God said, Moses, I will be with you. Believe it. Believe in me, and you will lead the people out of Egypt to worship me here on this very mountain. Who will I say you are? Moses asked. Who do you say God is, I ask you today? And here's what God said. God said, I am who I am. That's who God is. I am the great. I am. That is who God is. It's that simple. But let's look at those words, I am, and let's see what they mean and what they tell us about the substance and the nature of God. God is self-existing. I am. Nobody created God. He created everything else. But nobody created God. And be very careful about this distinction between the creator, God, and the created, which is you and me, which is everything else. Everything else that you and I, we create, we create out of things that God created. First of all, we are created, so we we need the, the mind that he created. It needs a... If, let's just say you're an artist, it needs the pigments that God created. It needs the paper to paint on, which God created. Everything that we create, so-called create, we create with things that God created. And God the creator is the great I am, and he is the one that he says, have no other gods besides me, the great I am. And it's very tempting to worship the created versus the creator. Draw that distinction, and you'll be on safe ground. I am is means he's immutable. There are no permutations of God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The loving, rescuing, all-powerful God of the Old Testament is the same all-loving, all-powerful, all-rescuing God of today in your life. He didn't cease being loving in the Old Testament or the New Testament. He didn't cease being all-powerful last week. He still is today. And he's not going to cease being all-loving and all-powerful tomorrow or ever. He is always the same. He never changes. And he is eternal. He has always existed and will always exist. He will always be. I am. He is. God is real. God exists. God is alive. 
you can believe in him. And he loves you. He loves his creation. All these things that he created, he loves. He has a plan for you, just like he has for Moses. And he believes in you, just as he believed in Moses. You know, I like to say, this first commandment, have no other gods before me. Let's rephrase it today and call it, what, like we like to say here at Crystal Cathedral, believe in the God who believes in you. Believe in the God who believes in you. Oh, yes, this God, he did rescue his children from Egypt. And sure enough, there they were, back on that mountain, back on Mount Sinai, when God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses. And, you know, I always wondered about the plagues. Why did God have to do ten plagues? Why not just one plague? Well, you know, I recently learned that the plagues were actually necessary to demonstrate God's power because at the time, the Egyptians, they had all these gods. And they were perceived to be the powerful gods. And so all these plagues were so-called, they, they happened by things that were, they were supposedly protected by, by the Egyptian gods. The Egyptians were supposedly protected from the frogs by their god. They were supposedly protected from the flies by their fly god. They had all these gods that protected them from these things, but oh, ho, ho, here they come. Here come the plagues. And what do they see and what do they discover? God, Yahweh, is the real true God. God, Yahweh, is the one and only powerful God. God delivers them from the, from the plagues. He delivers them from um, at, the, at the Red Sea. And yet, even though they have seen all that God did for them, when Moses went up to Mount Sinai and and got the Ten Commandments from God, by the time he gets back down, he doesn't even have time to read the Ten Commandments to them because they have already built a golden calf of false gods. And so Moses tipped that golden calf over. And you know, over and over and over again in the Old Testament, these false gods keep creeping back in. They kept creeping back in. They crept into the temple of God. They crept into so many parts of God's and God kept saying, don't have any other gods but me. Why? Because God knew those gods weren't going to help them. He knew those gods didn't love them. He knew those gods weren't powerful. He knew that as, as long as they believed in those gods, they were being misled. And today, what's really important for you to learn, and it's something that I have lived my whole life, and that is constantly self-examining and saying, okay, Lord, what golden calf do I have in my life? And we all have them. Some that I've struggled with uh, is a golden calf of success. Now you're going to say, but Sheila, I thought success was important. Yeah, success is a good thing, but don't let it be the God in your life. Why do I live? Why do I get up in the morning? Why do I work so hard? Is it for success? Or is it for God's glory? Is it for my glory or his glory? Another golden calf I have to tip over periodically is pleasing others. I love to please people. But in the final analysis, have I pleased God? That's the question I have to ask myself. Have I pleased God? Is he my God? Or are others pleasing others, my God? So people, God says, have no other gods before me. And I say that God believes in you. God wants you to be a success. God wants your life to be as full as it can possibly be. But it starts with believing in him and making him first and foremost in your life. Believe in the God who believes in you. Do you know that God believes in you even if you don't believe in him? There are times when I, when I don't believe in myself, but praise God, he still believes in me. As his creation, he loves you. He believes in you. He believes that your life can count for him if you believe in him. But sometimes we look at our circumstances around us and things haven't turned out the way we wanted them to. And then it's so 
thing to say, uh, can God exist? I prayed. I, I believed in him. How could he let this happen to me? How could he let the Chilean miners end up crushed at the bottom of a mine? How can God allow me to have lost the love of my life? How can God have allowed me to live on the streets, to lose my job, my home, my family, everything? I don't believe God exists. It's also tempting to believe, even if you believe God exists, to say, but, but okay, I believe God exists, but how can he love me? Is God there? Does God care? I'd like to close with a, a story that I learned from my dad, and it was a about a man by the name of Dr. Daniel Poling, and this story illustrates what Dad taught was this. Belief. Belief is not just a feeling. Belief is not just what we see around us. Belief is a choice. Belief is choosing to believe even when there's no reason to believe. And I've had to do that myself from time to time. I thought, I have no reason to keep on believing, but I choose to keep on believing. And I learned that lesson from this story that Dad taught when I was a teenager. Dr. Daniel Poling, a Christian leader, esteemed, respected. Look up his name. Read about him, Dr. Daniel Poling. But his son became a chaplain in World War II. He went out in the Navy, and the ship was lost. And his son gave his life for the country and gave his life for other seamen. When Dr. Daniel Poling received news that his son was lost, he, prayed. he said, God, how could you do this? How could you take my son from me? And he didn't feel that he could believe. He didn't feel any faith. He didn't feel brave. He didn't feel like he still believed in God. This manly, esteemed Christian leader, his faith was rocked. It was shaken to its core. And so he made a choice. And he went to the window and he looked out the window and he said with no feeling but he said it. I believe. I believe. I believe in God. still didn't feel anything, but he made the choice to make the declaration. The next day he got up and he went to the window again and he looked out the window and he said, I believe, I believe, I believe in God. He made the declaration. He did that day after day. Until one day he said, I believe, and it sparked in him. I believe, he believed it. I believe, I believe, I believe in God, and I believe that God loves me. Can you make that declaration today? Maybe you don't feel it. Maybe you do feel it. But say it. Say it together. Repeat after me with as much declaration as you can, as much umption as you can. Maybe it's weak. It doesn't matter. Just say it out loud. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe in God. I believe God loves me. Would you join with me, please, in prayer? Pray with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Jesus, thank you that you loved me enough that you became a man and died on a cross 
paid the price for all the wrong things that I have done. I'm sorry for my sin. It's my sin that puts you on that cross. And I'm sorry. I don't want to live in rebellion to you anymore. I ask you to forgive me. And tonight I open my heart and I invite you into my life to be my Savior and my Lord. I believe, Jesus, you are the Son of God. I believe you died for me to pay the price for all the wrong things that I've committed against God and against man. I believe that on the third day, by the power of God, you were raised from the dead as living proof that my trust in you tonight is not in vain. I believe that as Christ was raised from the dead, so tonight, Almighty God, you are raising me from the dead, from the death of sin. You are giving me a new life, the life of Jesus Christ. Oh, God, on my testimony and the belief in my heart and according to your word, at this moment, I believe I am saved. I am saved. I am saved. Hallelujah. Oh, let me ask you, friends, in closing tonight, have you done this? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you come to that obedience of faith? Have you come to that place of true repentance and true faith? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? Are you trusting alone tonight in Jesus Christ for your salvation? For there is no other way, there is no other message. For there is no other way, there is no other message. Oh, come to him, come to the Saviour tonight. Come to him just as you are. Come to him in your sin. Come to him in all your needs. Cast yourself upon his mercy and upon his infinite grace. Cast yourself upon his mercy and upon his infinite grace. Cast yourself truly to him. And you too will enter into that joy of sins forgiven, peace with God, and eternal, abundant life through Jesus Christ our Lord.
Thanks for listening to our one-hour Easter special. Tune in tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern Time for Nation Talk. Until then, God bless you, and have a wonderful and blessed Easter celebration. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.